on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell here on KCNR, 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, your talk radio. This is Dr. Patty, and we're going to talk about something that I'm hoping is going to be really, really helpful for all of you, Um, something that I've taught in my private practice of 34 years, and um, it's very helpful when you can get it down. So get a pencil or a pen and a pad of paper because you're going to want to take some notes on the parts that resonate with you. Before we start, I just want to apologize in advance. I hope I don't cough. Um, what my dear friend and physician, Dr. Malaki, calls fire lungs. When you are breathing smoke constantly from the California fires, and it's because um, you're actually sucking in a whole ton particle of stuff. And it's hard to wear a mask, too, by the way. But it's... So I will try not to cough. Uh, Hopefully the skies are going to clear in California and we will begin to be able to all clear our lungs and recover from the fire. Today we are going to talk about recentering yourself. Centering is a concept that I, and it has to do with some other underlying lessons. In the podcast, I'm going to refer you to my podcast where you can listen to more um, detailed information or topics. But. What do we mean by recenter yourself? When do you need to recenter yourself? And what does it? So think of that you're doing okay. You're pretty calm. You're pretty comfortable. Things are going all right. Something throws you off. Now, it might be things that throw you off, and finally you find yourself over the edge. Or it might be one big thing. And how you feel when you are not centered is different from how someone else feels when they're not centered. So there is no norm. There's no average. It just, this is learning how you are and what happens when you move off your center and wobble. Okay. So by recentering, have recognized on off center. So what I want to teach you is what does it look like when you're off center? And I want to get other, some people get off. I want you is when I say something that resonates with you or your teenager or your boss or somebody that you're trying to deal with who gets off center. I want you to take a few notes and jot down the ones that fit. So when people are off-center, they can be anxious, anxiety that throws you off. It can be uh, you're frustrated and you're angry. Be rage. Let's look at getting off-center as a spectrum. I talk about spectrums a lot because sometimes it's not all or nothing. You're either centered or you're not. Think of getting off-center as you're sitting on a number, Let's say that you're on the number five in the recentering metaphor here is that you feel okay. If you start ratcheting up seven that way, you're getting anxious, you're getting angry, um, tense inside, like your gut's getting tense, your throat's getting tense. If you're uncentering the other way, going downhill, you might be getting and, and sad and depressed and maybe you're having trouble breathing a little bit, holding your breath. And you're having trouble thinking, and you're going downhill in a way of getting off center. So knowing when you are centered is really important. How do you know and you're comfortable? Your brain isn't going crazy. You're not doing busy brain syndrome. I have a podcast called Busy Brain Syndrome. 
or you're not doing anxiety. There's a podcast called Anxiety. There's another one called Anticipatory Anxiety. So how do you know when you're just okay? It's interesting because we often don't think about that, do we? We know when we're off center, so we often are okay. So every once in a while, find yourself doing the thing I call a happiness check. Check in and say, am I okay? Am I on center? Am I thing? Am I anxious? Am I doing okay? Now, many people I see in my private practice would tell me they're never okay. They're, they're always struggling with depression, anxiety, anger. Something is pulling them off center all the time, and we work on that. So I want when you are on center, how do you know when you're calm? And then I want you to think about how do I know when I'm off center? When do I need to recenter? When am I going down, ratcheting down, going higher? When do I know that I'm getting depressed and losing energy and getting tired and going down the other side? So I'm going to give you the words that I see people do when they're off center. And if you hear a word that you go, yeah, I do that, write it down. One of the biggest things I see that off center is anxiety. Anxiety is actually being fearful. What are we? So I'm nervous. I'm frustrated. I'm anxious about something happen, happening. That's anxiety. Another thing I hear a lot is people get overwhelmed. Okay, so overwhelmed. They're just too much on their plate. And that comes with phrases like anymore. I, I, I can't do everything. I've got more than I can handle right now. That's overwhelmed. They can't concentrate. I can't think straight. I'm only hearing white noise in my head. I can't. It's like your mouth is going wah, 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 and I can't understand what you're saying. So I can't concentrate. So being afraid, being anxious, being overwhelmed. Some people, when they go ratchet up the other direction, get very hyper. They start talking too much. In fact, they start babbling sometimes. Um, They start getting frustrated and angry with their words and their language and what they're talking about. Another thing that happens is avoidance. Uh, I start to clam up, up, go under. I can't think straight, so I'm going to get silent, and I start avoiding. Do you get the blahs? Do you get super irritable? Do you start to feel depressed? Do you start to feel even like suicide ideology, like even vague suicide ideology. Now, remember, I've got a, a podcast on suicide ideology, A Call to Consciousness. That's a really good show to listen to also about when you're learning to recenter. Um, the other thing that makes people go off center is sensory overload. Many people are far more sensitive to light and sound and chaos and too much noise and chaotic noise and too many people talking at once. And that creates sensory overload. And sensory overload can often make people go off-center. Being too tired, too hungry, those things can make you go off-center. So let me tell you a little story. We, we want to teach our children. So these are adults probably listening to the show, and they're saying, yeah, I need to recenter sometimes, and oh, I'm not very good at it, and boy, I wish my husband would learn to recenter. He gets so crazy. But we also want to start teaching our children how to recenter. And I'll give you an example of how Rich and I used to do that with our oldest daughter. She was, from the time she was born, she was a fiery redhead. We used to call her, our, in fact, we still call her our ginger snap. And she's probably listening right now. Hi, honey. Love you. 
<laughs> anyway, when she used to have a wobbly and she'd have a total temper tantrum and flop around, we would make her go into her room and we'd tell her, this is so you can go recenter. We want you to go into your room. We want you to calm down. And we'd tell her that she could pound on the mattress if she wanted to. She could scream into her pillow, but she couldn't do destructive things. She couldn't hurt herself or someone else. So we would say to her when she was having a wobbly, do you need to go recenter? And she'd go, I need to recenter. And she'd be screaming and crying. And so she'd go into her room. And it was so cute because she's like two and a half, three years old. And she's going, I'm angry. I'm just angry. I need to recenter. And it was so cute. But we were beginning to teach her how to deal with her own anxiety and what happened when she got off center. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, I want to give you the steps that I give my clients on what to do when they need to learn how to recenter or what they need to do to teach their children to recenter. So we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. We are talking about recentering. So I want to take a minute to go over some unhealthy recentering tactics that I see people use. Many times, these are the reasons that they are in my office. They are doing unhealthy patterns of behavior, and either somebody is making them come in, like a spouse or a parent. Um, and sometimes they're saying, I'm tired of doing this in a way that's destructive to me or to my family. And those are people I really like working with, people that have the self-awareness to say, I need to change. A uh, long time ago, I used to do court-ordered recentering with people, and uh, those are the least favorite people to work with. They're there because somebody dragged them in, not because they want to work. Okay, so unhealthy recentering. What's the first one that comes to everybody's mind? Alcohol. You're upset, you're frustrated, you're anxious, and what you really want is a drink to try and calm yourself down. What you're really looking for is kind of liquid Xanax. You're looking for something to turn the volume down, to get you to let go of what you're looping on, and to bring yourself back to center where you can take a deep breath and you can feel calm again. So alcohol is a huge way that people try to recenter. Now, if you are having a rough day and you go home and have a glass of wine, am I telling you that you're doing a bad thing? No, I'm not saying that a little bit of alcohol in a socially appropriate manner and you're not doing destructive things with it like drinking and driving or drinking and get, using that as an excuse to get even more angry or weird or whatever, um, that that's a bad thing. But people tend to do too much alcohol when they are trying to recenter, when they're having trouble recentering. So sometimes with that excessive use of alcohol comes acting out sexually. There are people that use sex to as a tranquilizer. They want it to help them recenter and calm down and quell their anxiety and make them lose the attention they have on something they don't want to think about. Um, another thing that goes in there are the, the things that we use with addictions, cigarettes, um, shopping, the food, gambling, all the things that people use to have an addiction to take their focus off their life. So unhealthy recentering often is centered around what your addictions are. Then there are people who try to recenter by acting out. 
They start screaming and yelling, blaming others. This is your fault. You made me do this. They get condescending and belittling. They start arguing and and they want it to move outside of them so that if they can blame everybody else, then maybe they can calm down inside. So this kind of behavior, this big, getting big, getting loud, making it outside of you and everybody else's fault is an attempt to get control. You don't like what you're feeling. You recognize something's wrong, but you would like it to not be you. So in your attempt to get control, you begin doing unhealthy recentering things. And now think about this. Let's say you're angry at your spouse and what you do is start getting condescending and belittling and calling names and acting holier than thou, like I could do this better or you're not doing it right or what's wrong with you. And they, your spouse starts crying or gets angry back. Then you can now focus on what's happening with their emotions and not your own. So it is an attempt to get control and an attempt to move the feelings outside of yourself. And I want to share this with you guys. It's undeveloped. I'm letting that pause for just a second and hang out there. When you don't know yourself and when you try to blame it outside of you, it is undeveloped. If you want to be an aware person who knows themselves and can take responsibility for your own feelings, then you're not going to externalize it and make it someone else's fault just so you can feel better because you feel like it's not you. All right, so now let's look at the flip side of that. Some people have to blame everything on themselves. They go into that more depressed, the, you know, I'm getting off center by going down and getting fatigued and can't think straight and I'm depressed and I feel anxious and I must be horrible. I must be bad. It's my fault. Oh gosh, what's going on? I can't, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do anything right? So they're trying to blame themselves for everything as a way of getting control. If it's my fault and I'm bad and I've messed up, then maybe I can fix it and I can get control of this situation. So blaming others isn't helpful. Blaming yourself in that negative kind of way that just brings you down isn't helpful either. So when we get into some coping skills, we're going to deal with that because some of dealing with what's going on with you and recentering is really accepting that it is what it is. But trying to gain control of it either by blaming others or blaming yourself is not conducive to recentering. Okay. So when you are bad at recentering, when you haven't learned how to do it yet, and you're using unhealthy recentering tactics, I want you to recognize that you can actually pull everybody around you off their center. And I hear this often in my office. I'll hear families that are doing okay and everybody's getting their stuff done and doing their homework and everybody's good and daddy's coming home. Oh. Everybody's bracing for impact. Daddy walks in from work and he's angry and irritable and he's cussing and swearing at what happened today. And the first thing he says is, how come somebody didn't mow the lawn out front? I thought they were going to mow the lawn. And he's picking on people and he's telling everybody how they're messing up. And um, the tornado comes in the door. He is off center and everybody can see it. Is he off center because he's tired? He had a bad day? He's hungry? Sure, whatever. But he doesn't know it's him. 
He walks in the door and starts blaming everybody. And then the kids start fighting. And then um, their mom's in the kitchen and feeling upset and depressed and really feeling bad because she doesn't like the guy that just walked in the door. Now, that's just a scenario. But this guy walking in the door, uncentered his entire family by his inability to recognize that he was off-center. Now, let's take a different scenario. If you can recognize that you're off-center and you can say so, that can be really helpful. There's a technique that is in my book, uh, my book called Therapy in a Nutshell, and it's a it's called bottling. And it's what we do with our stress and how we stuff it in our bottle. So when your bottle's full, you don't have much room to cope. So what I used to say to my girls when they were little was I'd say, hey, my bottle is full and I need a little bit of space and if you guys are smart, you'll just go leave me alone for a while because I don't want to dump my whole bottle onto you guys. It's not you, it's me. So I was recognizing that I was stressed out. I was trying to tell everybody it's not you and I was also trying to say what I needed. I need to be left alone for a little bit, just let me get dinner cooked or I'm too tired or there's too much going on around here and I'm trying to get things together. I'd say what I was feeling and I say what I needed. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you I'm some kind of saint. I can get irritable. I can get upset. I can get overwhelmed. And I can go back later and say, gosh, I'm so sorry. I just, I didn't handle that well. I got overwhelmed. But for the most part, I can say when I'm off center. And I can, for the most part, say why I'm off center. And I have people that I can talk to and I can go, God, I talk this through with me. I'm so upset about something. I'm not exactly sure what. So I can help myself figure out why I'm uncentered. But it's really important to recognize that we have the ability as parents, as spouses, as partners, as friends, that we can pull an entire family off center. We can go into a business meeting and be grumpy, irritable, angry, condescending, mean, nasty, and pull the entire office off-center with our attitude. So being off-center is powerful. And one of the reasons that it's powerful is we make people uncomfortable with our off-centeredness. Does that make sense? Think about it. When you are off-center, it's like a radio station that isn't tuned right, and it's just static, and it's wrong, and it's irritating, and... People want to bring you back to center, so they'll start placating you and and helping you and fixing it. And what can I get you? And you look like you're having a bad day. They're trying to recenter you. So that's lovely and nice. But what's really important is that we recognize when we're off center, why we're off center. And we begin to take responsibility for our unhealthy coping tools that we've been using to recenter. Right? So let's take a, a example of recentering, of avoiding, of running away, of extracting yourself. So this phantom dad that we're talking about that came in and uncentered his whole family uh, finally gets in a big old fight with his wife and the kids are driving him nuts and he grabs his keys and he stomps out the door and he drives away angry, frustrated, maybe goes down to the local bar. Now he's going to drive drunk. So he's just totally unhealthy coping skills. The family's somewhat relieved that he walked out the door, but they don't feel good about it. Let's take the same idea of a healthy coping skill of extracting yourself, of saying, look, I'm way overwhelmed. I need to go get quiet for a little bit. I need to recenter. 
Um, I'm sorry, it's not you guys. I've had a really bad day. Um, somebody then might say, what do you need, Dad? Or, or what's going on? Can I help? And you can say what you need. Or you can say, no, I just need to be alone for a little bit. People that are really aware of their own emotions will know that they need to recenter, and they will ask for what they need. I've taught couples to say, look, when he gets off work, this is really um, true often for first responders because they're in such go mode and such trauma and anxiety that they're dealing with throughout the day. When they come home, they need time. How much time is up to the person to recenter? They need to get quiet. They need to maybe go sit out in the back deck and stare at the pool with a beer, I don't know, what, whatever recenters them. But it has to be healthy and it has to be planned. But in order to recognize what you've been doing about recentering, you need to recognize how unconscious you have been about it and ignoring what's wrong with you and what unhealthy coping skills you have tried to use in the name of recentering. Because that is the call to consciousness that's going to take us into what we're going to do in the last section of this show. In the last section, I want to teach you some really cool recentering tactics. And you can do all of them if you want, but you'll find one or two of them work for you. But if you write them all down, if those don't work, try a different one. If you're really having a bad time and your normal ones work with a little bit of effort, then the whole list of these on a big list might be much better. Okay, so we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about those really healthy recentering tactics. Be back in a minute. to this CD, Smoky Mountain Dreams, every night to put herself to sleep. Never got through the first half. It was was very cool. Okay, let's go back to recentering. In fact, listen to Randy's music and you will recenter. It's lovely. So let's talk about some really healthy recentering tactics. Get your pen and paper out. I want you to write these down. The first one I want you to write down is talk it out, walk it out. Because if you are lost and just uncentered and having a hard time, I want you to be able to pull that up out of your head really quick. Talk it out, walk it out. So talk to yourself. What am I uncentered about? What what pulled me off center? Talk to somebody you love and trust by stating what it is you need. I just need you to hear me out. Let me talk. Let me uh, brainstorm this and just kind of sit there and listen and nod your head. Um, Don't try to fix it and, and don't interrupt me if you can. So that's what I mean by talk it out. Either do that with yourself or do it with somebody you trust or you love, that that you know loves you. Um, Walk it out. Do something bilateral. Walking, tapping one leg to another. So let's talk about tapping a little bit. If you get on YouTube and type in tapping, you will see just a quick little five-minute YouTube video that will show you how to do tapping. And tapping is an incredible way to quell anxiety and to recenter. So there's like nine places in your body that you can tap, and you can do them sitting in a business meeting, and nobody can see that your hands are tapping your knees. So you're going to do left, right, left, right to stimulate right brain, left brain. So tapping is a really cool thing to do, and is some people are just so anchored to it that they do it 
when they wake up because they want to recenter. They tend to be tend towards anxiety and they want to recenter right away. Another thing that can recenter is what my uh, ginger snap, who knows how to recenter from the time she was little, will tell you. She calls condense your world, and I love that phrase when she says that. Condense your world. What you're going to do is make your world smaller and quieter. And I and I want to tell you a story because um, this is a real good example of condensing your world. My husband Rich died. Oh, coming on five years now. He died about five years ago of a terminal brain disease called frontal temporal degeneration. He had the behavioral variant type where his frontal lobes were disintegrating and he was losing all control of his behavior. And he would go from anxiety to raging to pacing to laughing to being calm. Calm didn't happen too much in the end anymore. Um, to sobbing, screaming. And he'd go through those emotions 20 times a day sometimes, sometimes more. Every once in a while, we'd have a good day, and it would only be 10 or 15 times towards the end. But what Rich would do to try to recenter is he would go into the walk-in closet, and he would lay down on the floor. Now, the beginning of FTD, toward, you know, about he had it for almost 10 years, so maybe eight years before he died, he'd go in and lay down on the closet floor, and he'd just cry and be there in a fetal position. And I'd go in, and I'd put a pillow under his head, and I'd put a blanket around him, and rub his back a little bit, and he'd start to recenter, and he'd fall asleep. And he'd sleep for three or four hours on the closet floor, and when he'd wake up, he'd be more recentered. So we're talking about a pretty extreme case of, you know, anxiety and brain disease. But the quiet condensing his world was what he tried to create to help him recenter. Now, toward the end of his brain disease, that really didn't work at all, but um, when he was earlier in frontal temporal degeneration, uh, he had better tools for recentering. So let's take it with what you deal with. You probably deal with the normal type of human, I got off center because I'm frustrated, angry, overwhelmed, whatever. Condense your world. Get quiet. Uh, I had one mom that told me that when things got so chaotic in house, she, in the house, she would say to her kids, I'm taking five minutes. And she'd go sit in her car, sometimes in the garage, sometimes out in the driveway. And she'd say, leave me alone. I'm going to sit in my car and listen to music for five minutes. So she'd go out there for five or 10 or 15 minutes, whatever she could escape to, and listen to music in her car to try and recenter. And she said it worked wonders because she condensed her world and stopped everything. So write down on your paper, condense your world, get quiet, get smaller. I want to share another thing uh, that where this comes from. Temple Grandin is this amazing autistic woman. She has a, a doctorate in behavioral um, animal behaviorism. She is a world-renowned expert in cattle, how to load cattle, how to deal with cattle, how to keep cattle from getting anxious. It's amazing. She does incredible stuff with animals. And her book, Animals in Translation, is phenomenal. Well, Temple Grandin, as an autistic woman, knew that she needed to quell her anxiety because it would get really bad. So she, in working with cattle, recognized that the cattle would calm down when they'd go in the squeeze machine. And they would squeeze the cattle to give them their vaccinations or to brand them or to do whatever they had to do with them. And so she built a squeeze machine that she could get into and crank it down and it would squeeze her body so and she would relax. So what she recognized is she had to calm her neurotransmitters and calm her body with pressure 
so she could relax. So that's the same thing that our autistic granddaughter would do when she was little. She'd say, I need to recenter. Will you hold me? And we would put her in our lap and squeeze her tight. And just consistent, even pressure of of secure holding can calm somebody down. So when someone says, do you need a hug? You might really need a hug. You need the kind that is safe and all-encompassing and makes you quiet down. So do a squeeze, okay? The other thing that goes along with that for people that suffer with anxiety and get uncentered very readily is a weighted blanket. And what's really cool is you can find weighted blankets everywhere now. They're in Kohl's. They're in Target. Um, You can get them online from Amazon. if you have pretty extreme anxiety, a 25-pound weighted blanket is usually pretty good. If you just need a little bit of extra weight, you can get a lighter weighted blanket. But it's the same principle as what Temple Grandin was doing with the squeeze machine. You're trying to calm your skin down, calm your nerve endings down. And the sense of weight around you, whether it's somebody holding you close or the squeeze machine or the weighted blanket, you're trying to tell your brain and your body, Recenter, calm down. Okay? So when you're going to condense your world, you're actually going to take a pause, get some quiet time, condense your world, control the sensory input, whether it's people talking or the lights or the music or whatever. You're going to take a pause and you're going to create a space where you can... Okay, wait, we had a technical problem here for a second. Okay, uh, sorry. I'm hoping you... Okay, now there we go. All right, sorry, we lost sound for a second. Um, Okay, so you're going to take a little bit of space, and you're going to condense your world, and you're going to get quiet. And remember to control the sensory input. Dim the lights, make it silent, or put on soft music. Uh, When I had a really... I went through a really bad trauma in 1992... And I would get off center very quickly and easily. And I had a song that I would go to, which was Enya's Angelese. It's a song about angels. And I would play that song over and over and over again. And um, that song would help recenter me. It was my call to consciousness that I needed to remember that God was working in my life, even though things were difficult. So um, remember to to control the sensory input. Okay, now that, that brings us back to another issue. Music can be extremely recentering. It can um, it can help you calm down. It can help you focus on something else. It needs to be music that you like. Music is processed in your temporal lobes, which will take you out of your frontal lobes. Frontal lobes is where all those emotions are coming from. Music is processed in your temporal lobes, and so it will help recenter your brain, okay? Which brings us to the other part of noise. Noise-canceling headphones are phenomenal. My granddaughter, who the Aspie, who is has sensory issues, will bring her noise-canceling headphones into a restaurant because she knows that clanking of dishes and bright lights and people talking all around her will start to give her sensory overload and she'll start to have a meltdown. So she'll be sitting at the table in a restaurant with her noise-canceling headphones on, not plugged into anything. Sometimes she'll back one ear off so she can hear the conversation. 
And sometimes she just says, hey, i got to tune out, you guys. I'm getting sensory overload. And we let her do what she needs to do without judgment. So she's been carrying around her noise-canceling headphones for a long time. It's also on her IEP, her Independent Education Program for School, that she can use her noise-canceling headphones when she needs to in the classroom or at recess so she can have them with her at school. So um, if you have sensory overload, Or if really good music calms you down, noise-canceling headphones can be phenomenal for you to tune out some of the sensory overload. So recognize also that another recentering tactic is there are medications available that you can have for you. One thing that can be recentering is just extra strength Tylenol. It can calm down your nerve endings and help you recenter if you're really going overboard. The other thing is if you, on a regular basis, get extremely over-the-top uncentered, talk to your medical doctor about it because the medical doctor can give you an emergency prescription of Xanax or some kind of benzodiazepine. Those are tranquilizers. And the way I recommend those to my clients to use is to have a small amount, like maybe your doctor only prescribes 10 pills for you or just one prescription's worth, and you keep them in your safe. So they're they're dangerous drugs. You want to keep them away from children. Uh, You want to keep them away from somebody who would use them impulsively or with an addiction type thing or dependency. But you can take a Xanax and... Calm down when you can't when you're having trouble recentering and you just can't do it. That will help you relax, maybe go to sleep and wake up more reorganized. So if you are constantly getting uncentered and you're not good at getting yourself centered again, I want you to really consider getting into some therapy and seeing if you understand what your core issue is and if you have good coping tactics for recentering. But having that prescription in the safe for an emergency, not everyday use, is really an important thing that might help you if you have a real big problem with that or you have a family member that does. So the bottom line for recentering is recognizing when you're off-center and recognizing how important it is for you to develop enough that you can recenter yourself. And sometimes in life, we just have to say it is what it is. We're upset about something, but we can't control it. Or it's not ours to control. Like right now in this crazy world we're living in with this pandemic issues and the political issues and all the fires in California and the West Coast, there's not a whole lot we can control. But you can feel yourself pulling off center. So sometimes just getting quiet and saying, it is what it is. I swear, it really helps. I have a coffee cup that says it is what it is. And I would use that coffee cup every morning when I was trying to just stay centered with Rich's brain disease and just love him through it till we had to get to the end. So I want to thank you for tuning in today. This is Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, Dr. Patty, and I just want to help heal the world one hour at a time. The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.
Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. I just love that music. You're listening to Native American flute player and Cherokee native Randy McGinnis. His music is incredibly calming and beautiful. He has six CDs. He's Native American Flutist of the Year last year. Uh, Lifetime Achievement Awards. Played all over the world. And he just does amazing stuff. You can listen to him on Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, CD Baby. Go to his website, randymcginnis.com. And we appreciate him letting us use his music on this show. Okay, we're talking about recentering. So... There is a, a formula that I use when I teach clients how to recenter. So I want you to write this down. Step one, I want you to recognize when you are off center and that you need to recenter. Now, this is really important because a whole lot of people have no idea that they are off center. They're so busy blaming the world that somebody made them mad or irritated them or frustrated them or did something wrong. Or if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't have gotten so upset. They're so busy blaming the world for being off-center that they don't recognize that they have moved off of their center. Now, granted, we are all humans, and we can all get impatient. Everyone who is super calm and super patient, and it's very hard to move them off their center. And you, you admire those people. They're great. But the next best thing is to recognize, I have moved off my center. I was calm, I was doing okay, and then something happened or a series of somethings happened, and now I'm off-center. So step one, learn your red flags. How do you know that you're off-center? What are your tells that we talked about in the first part of the show? So step one, I'm off-center. Step two, why? Now, it might sound kind of trite to ask that, but the secret is to answer yourself. Why am I off-center? What happened? Or what series of things have happened? And sometimes it's just the perfect storm. You know, you didn't get any sleep. You've got a fire cough and you've been coughing all all night long. You're tired. You're hungry. um, You're pushed. You're overwhelmed. You've got too much to do. And you find yourself kind of wobbling off your center. So it might be as simple as that. It might be that someone hurt your feelings. But to answer yourself... Why am I off-center is really, really important because it is the first step to helping you get back on-center. Now, occasionally, you'll say, I'm totally off-center and I have no idea why. Okay, that's all right because that actually does happen. So when you are looking for why are you off-center, one of the therapeutic processes that I like to do with my clients is I want to see if the reason they are off-center is because whatever is happening is touching their core issue. In really good therapy, and not every therapist does this, but in really good therapy, you are looking for what is your core issue. What is your main thing that you came into this world with, or you developed through childhood issues, or you had trauma, whatever. People's core issues are often, I'm not good enough, You're going to reject me, and if you reject me, you're going to leave me. So you're going to abandon me. You know, we we can call those abandonment issues. But what happens is a core issue that says I'm not good enough and people aren't going to stay. So the bottom line core issue can be I'm not worth loving. And if I'm not worth loving, you're going to throw me away. So when you are looking at why you are off-center, stop and say, What's my core issue? 
if you know it, that you continually find yourself feeling unworthy or not as good as the next guy or having to prove yourself or being um, overly competitive because you have to show everybody that you're good enough or you're constantly afraid people are going to leave you or you feel burned or you don't trust people because everybody's hurt you. Those are little lights shining on your core issue. Often what will uncenter you is what touches that core issue. For example, somebody says something and hurts your feelings and embarrasses you. It may touch your core issue that I don't feel good enough. I feel fat and ugly. I feel unworthy. And how you handle that is going to be important. But the first thing is to recognize that's something that throws me off my center. So step one, am I off center? Step two, why am I off center? Step three, what do I need to recenter? And you have to be able to say it. You have to be able to speak it out loud, to say the sentence. If you can't write a sentence down, what do I need to do to recenter? You're going to have a hard time getting your need met. So one of the first things I teach my clients as they are learning to recognize they're off-center, why they're off-center, and what they need, is there's a little mantra I tell them. Talk it out, walk it out. When you are off-center, try and talk it out with somebody you trust. And when you're going to talk it out, I want to give you a really important hint. Take the extra 30 seconds to say, I'm feeling off-center, and I just need to talk out why I might be feeling off-center. Can I get you to just be my sounding board and listen? Don't try to fix me. Don't don't give me all kinds of solutions. Just listen and, and let me sound it out so I can figure out what threw me off-center. So talk it out with someone safe taking the extra 30 seconds to state what you're needing and what you're asking them to do, and then walk it out. Walking it out is about left brain, right brain stimulation. When we stimulate both sides of our cerebral hemisphere, our body tends to relax because we bring all of ourselves to the table. We're not just bringing like our frontal lobes where all of our Uh, behavioral and emotional things are our temporal lobes where some of our anxieties can sit and our verbal um, busy brain stuff can can lie we are wanting to use right brain left brain when you do something that utilizes both hands or both legs you are stimulating right brain left brain so walking is really good now if you can't walk tapping is really good you can put your hands on your knees and with your your fingers your any finger, tap right, left, right, left, right, left. And you're stimulating both legs, which are stimulating both sides of your brain. Um, So remember that as you're trying to figure out that you're off-center, why you're off-center, and what do I need, you've got to be able to really kind of have a dialogue with yourself. Now, when you're talking it out with somebody, just the very act of saying things out loud can help you figure out that that hurt your feelings or this embarrassed you or that made you frustrated or you're afraid you're not going to get things finished. Whatever the thing is that's making you off-center. Or if you have sensory issues, it's the lights, it's the noise, it's the uh, too much too much chaos. You can say that and you can say, what I need is to stop the overload. The interesting thing as people begin to learn about recentering is I see people avoid the idea of it because it thinks they think if they need to recenter, then they're weak. That they should be able to just maintain control and calm at all times. Well, good luck with that, people. We're human. We don't do it very well. Remember, 
the need to recenter is not a sign of weakness. Knowing yourself and what you need is an incredible sign of strength. And that vulnerability to be able to say, ah, this is pulling me off my center. I need to, I need to fix this is very attractive. It's makes people admire who you are and that vulnerability makes people feel closer to you because you're being honest in who you are as a human being, which is really pretty cool. One of the things I love of my granddaughter who's been on my show several times, um, is on the autism spectrum. She's what we used to call very high functioning Asperger's and Allie, uh, very normal, very intelligent, beautiful, has lots of talents, but she has sensory issues, and that's where she mostly has problems with her Asperger's, is with sensory issues. From the time she was very small, she could say, I need to recenter. Just like we taught Tara when she was little, who's Allie's mom, when she needed to recenter, Allie can say, It's too bright in here, it's too noisy, I have sensory overload, I need to go recenter. And she can also say what she needs talk to me, or would you just hold me tight? Because, um, Pressure and tightness will help her recenter. Uh, or she'll say, I just need to go be quiet in the dark. So she has learned when she's off center, what she needs to recenter, and she can ask for it and say she needs to do it. She can also tell you, if I don't go recenter, I'm going to have a meltdown. Meltdowns aren't pretty, by the way. But she knows she's having a meltdown. She knows she's heading to a meltdown, and she's taking personal responsibility for that. How many 13-year-olds do you see that can do that? Very few. How many adults do you see that can do that? So that's what this show is about, teaching you to recognize where you are emotionally and what happens to pull you off, and then how do you get back on and how do you stay there? So let's go back over those just a little bit again. How do you recognize when you're off-center? Write it down. What are your tells? Do you get anxious? Do you get frustrated? Do you get irritable and angry? Do you start blaming people and telling them it's all their fault and getting nasty and calling names and cussing and swearing? What's your red flag? Oh, gee, I must be off center because I am getting irritable or I am falling into this fog of fatigue where I just want to go pull the covers over my head. Then to be a developed person, you have to go to step two. Why? Why am I off center? And if you don't know, say, I don't know. I need, I need to try and figure it out. Because if you don't know why you're off center, you often don't know what you need to calm down. Now, once you get good at this, you might not know what's pulling you off center. But you might know that this is what helps you recenter. And so you've got to learn about yourself. This is about personal awareness and raising your consciousness so that you are able to find things that help you recenter. And that's not because you're weak. It's because you need to evolve. You need to grow. You need to be able to be vulnerable and take care of yourself. And you need to model that for your children and yourself. And you need to teach your children that they're off-center Help them recognize how they got off center. They need to change and to relax and to pull it together. So we're going to come back from break in a minute. And the first thing we're going to discuss is what are unhealthy 
recentering patterns because people have a lot of them. And I want you to recognize which ones might be yours. I want to end the show with some very cool recentering tactics that you might be able to write down one or two to try that might work for you. So we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about unhealthy recentering tactics. We'll be back in a minute. 